Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today... It's been actually a while since I've done a music interview. I'm very excited about this one. This has been in uh, in the wings for a couple weeks now. So I have Lauren on the show. And we're going to talk to Lauren today about her debut album, Invisible Woman, which came out this past October, so a little over three months ago now. And a very incredible backstory with Lauren as well. So we're going to get into yeah, Lauren's origins in music, uh, you know, her growing up, and many, many other different topics, I'm sure. Lauren, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Matt. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I have been excited about this. We have a mutual sort of friend, colleague, uh, Joe from the online recording studio. So shout out to him for helping be the middle person, you know, uh, setting this up. So yeah, Lauren, you know, I'm very excited to talk about your album. I know it's such a thrill and there's so much work that goes into writing recording an album and then you know getting it out there and then it's almost like you know, the real work begins when you're promoting it and getting it into mm-hmm. people's ears and hands and such before we do that though i really want to give you an open floor open opportunity just to give your story you know some uh some some chunks of your like origins in music the way you were you know you were raised where you were raised and just a little bit more about lauren please Sure. Um, So songwriting was my first love in life when I was a teenager. I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, So I was very fortunate to be in Music City and to be surrounded by a lot of really amazing creatives. Um, I was a musical child for sure and studied piano and singing and stuff, but I uh, learned to write songs in high school. My English teacher was a songwriter. and I fell in love with it um, and had a lot of opportunities to record and perform and write when I was in high school. Um, I did an EP as uh, my part of my college application with George Marinelli, who is uh, Bonnie Raitt's guitar player and also a producer. Um, and um, then life kind of pulled me away from music. I went to Yale, which was wonderful, and um, ended up studying history and going into investment banking. Ooh. Okay, kind <laughs> of went the other way there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I would say was like more of a reflection of what I felt like was expected of me than right. what I really wanted to do. Um, and it, you know, was great experience, but it was not. I wasn't happy doing that work. Um, And, but I was able to save some money doing that work. And so I ended up uh, pursuing a graduate degree in clinical social work because Mm. I really wanted to um, work with people. I think people and their stories are fascinating. Um, I had had a very transformative experience myself in psychotherapy uh, while I was recovering from an eating disorder. And I wanted to do that work. Um, And so that's what I did. I I became a clinical social worker, got all my hours. I did a bunch of different, um, I worked in outpatient community mental health. I worked in inpatient psychiatry um, at Bellevue Hospital um, and did some postgraduate training in eating and body image issues and then Mm. opened a private practice in Manhattan treating eating and body image issues. Um, and I also went to yoga school in the middle of that. So, hey, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Uh, um, but I ended up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm fascinated by embodiment and mm. the connection between mind and body. And my private practice really focused on helping people um, uh, be in their bodies and uh, feel and learn about that connection, but then also be able to listen to their bodies. I think that a lot of us are, the the way that our culture is, we get very disconnected from the neck down. Um, And a lot of people who struggle with body image and with their relationship with food are experiencing that. 
Um, and I love that work. I still love that work. I may go back to that work at some point. I don't know. But um, I had a very particular set of circumstances that led me um, to where I am now, which is that I um, have, I, I had, I had a child at the time. I'm, I'm married. I had one child and we decided to move our family out of Manhattan um, to Westchester. And because of that, I closed my private practice because I was relocating. Mm -hmm. um, and this was in 2019, just before COVID in 2020. So we were in the process of relocating. I was pregnant with my second child. And um, I had him in late February of 2020, two weeks before the first lockdown started. Um, and so we were in a new area with a new baby. Um, we don't have any family. My husband is British and I'm from Tennessee. So we didn't have any family around. Um, and it was, a, you know, you need a lot of community support when you have a new baby and we did not have any. And so it was really tricky for us. Um, tricky is like an understatement. It was a really dark time. <laughs> mm. um, we were really lucky and fortunate to have enough resources and to be safe and um, to be together. You know, a lot of families were separated in lockdown and we weren't. Um, I, I had the opportunity to give a healthy, normal have a healthy, normal delivery because um, COVID hadn't started. They weren't, you know, there was a time when mothers were having to give birth alone yeah. in the hospital. And um, I fortunately didn't have to do that. So there was a lot to be for, to be grateful for, but it was a very hard time for our family. And for me, in terms of my mental health, um, I was, I, I, to put my clinical hat on, I think I would say that I had post- um, like late onset postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was sort of like in survival mode during for the first six months and just did what I needed to do. And then when things started to open up again and the baby was sleeping th through the night and things felt were like objectively a little bit safer, um, I didn't feel better. So that's how mm -hmm. I would describe postpartum depression, my experience. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I really fell back on my songwriting, which has been, you know, has writing has always been something that I spend a lot of time doing. Um, but I found myself really like leaning on that. And um, I remember I had a like a very, like it's kind of woo woo to talk about it, but I called a friend from high school who's a visual artist. Mm. Um, and I said, uh, I am supposed to be writing songs. Like what have I been doing all this time? And she was just like, it's not too late. <laughs> mm, love hearing that. <laughs> and so, uh, and she gave me a book to read and I just like dove head first into that for mm. a year. Um, 2020 was like a blur, but in 2021, I sort of made a commitment to writing 50 songs. Um, and I knew just because I'd had some experience, I knew that I, and needless to say, it was not a reasonable, we, we didn't feel like it was a good idea for me to re to open a new business in 2020 in a new place. So I hadn't gone back to my private practice. Right. <laughs> um, at, and that, which had been the plan. So I had gotcha. some time on my hands. Yeah. Um, and uh, I knew from having written before that I would need co-writers and a lot of support to do that. So I started, you know, reaching out online to people and figuring, finding people to write with, um, got myself in some vocal coaching sessions, um, and ended up writing 55 songs in 2020. Uh, and out of that body of work came, uh, Invisible Woman. Brilliant. That's my a, album. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a great, I love you walked right up to it, the actual album, Invisible Woman. I've taken some notes. I'd love to, if, if, uh, if you would indulge me, go back to some of the topics that you consider sure. so many important topics an amazing story. Uh, the first thing that jumps out to me is like, man, you know, when you can look back in hindsight and I love your attitude of, you know, this, the attitude of gratitude, right. To remember, uh, even during the dark, admittedly dark period, there were some things that lined up so beautifully for you. And one of them that I'm, you know, reflecting back to you is like that extra time instead of, mm -hmm. uh, putting that effort into opening your practice is like, okay, you know what, I'm going to get into songwriting. And that's the reason we're having the discussion today. So very, very cool. Uh, that, that, that whole part of your story, 55 songs. I want to get, so, 
uh, was it initially like a song a week or was there like a specific, you know, pattern or parameter that you had that way? Or was it just like, see what comes and 50 happens to be the number or was I, any... I am pretty sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I saw on TikTok somewhere that if you want to be a professional songwriter, you have to write a hundred songs. And okay. I don't know how many songs I'd written before that, but I wasn't at zero. Right. Um, right. And I also just like, to get good enough. Like I was, I was definitely doing the work of trying to get out of my own way. Okay. Um, yeah, and to try to get over writing perfect songs. Yes. Okay. To get to just writing. Very so good. that was really why I set yeah. the goal. And I knew that I had two tiny humans who were dependent on me and that maybe a hundred wasn't a reasonable goal. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So <laughs> I picked 50. So you picked 50 and, and I, yeah. And 55. I stuck to it. And I also, um, you know, I worked a little bit with a, uh, a woman named Grace Askew, who's a creativity coach. She's a, I mean, a longtime songwriter performer. She was on the voice, but she does her whole thing is like sort of helping you get over perfection, perfectionism mm -hmm. in your writing. Mm -hmm. And so she was giving me these exercises of like writing a song in an hour. Oh, wow. Um, with a, a group of, just like starting with a random set of words and writing yeah. a song to completion. So that, right. so that was really, I wasn't like setting out to write an album. Mm. I was setting out to, um, get to what I had to say, like to write, just to get out of my own way. Totally. Yeah. Um, getting the reps in without this expectation of perfection or yeah. anything and like I that. And I think yeah. that was the biggest thing that got in my way as a writer when I was younger. And it is why part of why I didn't pursue music professionally when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, you know, I always I always knew I was talented. I always knew I was good at it. Um, and I certainly had some opportunities, but I felt like very overwhelmed by the need to be good at it. And to be the best at it. And gotcha. I think that really got in my way, right? Mm. Like that's really a form of procrastination. <laughs> I love you said that. Yeah. You know, that's a hundred percent, you know, and it's people say it's a, it's like having such a high standard. In fact, it's, it's an advanced form of procrastination, right? <laughs> totally. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. You said that. Um, yeah. Interesting stuff. So when you're getting into the dynamics of writing a song in an hour, you know, <laughs> what is that? feel like and you're talking like i love the you know the term embodiment connection of you know, the, the the head and the hearts and so mm -hmm. to speak so is that is that just like an intuitive uh i just think from instincts and just for me for it. it is like yeah. trusting it helps to have a co-writer to get sure. to do it the first few times just yeah. so that you um you know like have a sounding board but yeah just like going with your first thought going with your first idea rather than mm. criticizing the idea Right, editing yeah. the idea um, and just going with the idea and figuring out where you get and not being attached to the outcome. Yeah. Um, which, you know, coincident, I was going to say consequently, I think I mean coincidentally or maybe not coincidentally, yeah. um, you know, is what yoga is all about and what right. like healing is all about is yeah. really like, and what my psychotherapeutic work is all about is helping people become more intuitive and trusting mm. that they can trust, trusting that they can trust their body, trusting mm. that their intuition is safe. Right. Yeah. So for me, it was like, a really like a, a a really a culmination of a lot of the work that I had done before yeah. to do that. Yeah, right. And isn't that uh -huh. and again, isn't that fascinating that different elements of your life from the yeah. past just kind of intermingle and connect and resurface <laughs> in these beautiful, you know, collaborative ways, you know, like later Sometimes on. Sometimes ironically, yes. I, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, lots lots of accomplishments that you've had over the years. Uh, I get the impression a lot of fulfilling work, you know, lots of fulfilling work. Mm -hmm. uh, interesting that you did have, like you mentioned, it was pretty funny. I, I wasn't expecting it. We were talking about like songwriting is my first life. You know, and then I got into investment banking. Investment banking. banking. I'm like, I'm like, Hold on, wait, wait. You kind of went on the right, like a 90 degree angle there, didn't you? So, but interesting that you, like you say, you did that. And again, you phrased that, you know, there, you may save some money. You've learned what you didn't want to be necessarily, mm -hmm. right? So that's an important lesson. Um, I like what you were mentioned too, like an expectation of, you felt this perhaps a social expectation from your parents, whatever it may have been, there was an expectation versus like doing fulfilling work. So for you to find that out 
I'm gathering well, that's I, pretty early in your life, right? Was that in like early 20s? Yeah, okay. I, early 20s. Yeah, yeah, I only worked in finance for three years. Three years, okay. Um, I was pretty immediately miserable. <laughs> yeah. And um, I would say, you know, like I know people who enjoy working in finance. Like I don't, it's not the industry, but I, I certainly was not listening to myself and I associate, I mean, I... Um, align that with being sort of in an eating disorder. So like being mm. um, in an extreme way disconnected from my intuition and my yeah. body. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I felt an expectation from society and from my family. I don't know that it was explicitly from my family, gotcha. but my, my parents definitely like both worked in finance and thought that I was great and smart yeah. and like thought that I could do great things. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like that was an acceptable thing to do, but in high, you know, it's no, it, it, it I, I wasn't listening to myself. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. And I had to, it took me some time to learn how to do that. Um, in hindsight, it seems very obvious that I was going to be unhappy in investment banking, right. but it wasn't obvious to me in the, right. at the time, you know, right. And even three years of running it, just just to make sure, you know, it's like yeah. But I honestly, mean, like it's yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I I I, yeah. I was also kind of lucky because it was I started right at the in two thousand seven, like at the downturn. Ooh, I, yeah, you know, there there wasn't a lot going on. Right. Um, right. So interesting time for sure. Yeah. So yeah. it was like okay, if I can't stick, if I'm not still not in. Like if maybe if I'd been busier, maybe it would have it would have taken me longer. Fair point. Fair point. Again, um, one of those things though, you're looking back and just <laughs> it just so happened to be in this massive dip and you know, yeah. everything else that came with 2008, and that's just when you're doing it. And you're like, hmm, yeah. I'm not really getting, um, you know what I mean? Not no. for me, you know. No. <laughs> so very interesting stuff. I want to get into um. So after from there, you mentioned yeah, the whole the. Uh, body image and getting into exercises, practices that help you in getting into embodiment, yoga, mm -hmm. things like that. And was that a matter of just uh, following your intuition as well, getting into that? What 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 was that stage of your journey like? Um, like I went into yoga, like kicking and screaming. Um, yeah. Like I was a runner. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, no, so like, this is so stretching. Yeah. And I was very wrong. Um, and I actually, I found it very boring at first because it was hard for me to sit with myself in that way. Um, but I will, in again, in you know, hindsight is 2020, uh, the studio that really, where I fell in love with yoga, they, they chanted at the beginning of every class cool. and music was a really big part of it. Mm. And I feel like vocalizing actually helped me like get in my body. Like that oh, was the original. Okay. Like that was the original for me. That was bit. like, that was the core of me. Like it yeah. sort of spoke to the core of me. Yeah. Um. And I was able to get into it in that way. Um. I also went to therapy, kicking and screaming. You know, I knew I wasn't happy. The with the way things were, but like I didn't like talking to somebody about it. Mm. Okay. Um. And I was very lucky to have a therapist who was an expert in dealing with what I was dealing with mm. and um, who was available over a long period of time. She like stuck it out. And then over time, um, you know, she changed my life yeah. and so did yoga. And mm. I was able to get, I, I wouldn't say like change me, but get back to who I was. Like, I feel like yeah. an eating disorder is really just like a disconnection from yourself or any sort of, any sort of like, disorder I, I disorder is a problematic word but you know any sort of like yep. mental um mental health struggle that's not like actually a chemical imbalance in your brain is right. just is like an expression of disease inside of yourself 100 percent, i agree with that i do a another podcast uh on addiction recovery you know mm -hmm. my my story is through like uh, you know alcoholism mm -hmm. and 100 percent. that's what it was it was that it's like as soon as i made the switch from from you know just the mechanism of actually drinking which i needed to initially is like the triage mm -hmm. like stop doing the drinking yeah, yeah then getting into the work of like why do i have what is the drinking covering up you mm -hmm. know and, and making that connection was yeah absolutely i'm like oh, okay this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the drinking i'm just using the drinking as the mechanism to like numb out 
that thing that I'm trying to, that trauma or whatever that I'm trying to avoid. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I, I, uh, I appreciate the honesty and, you know, the, the openness about that, you know, that, that time of your, your journey. I'm also picking up that, that, you know, you came back with that knowledge, that self-knowledge that you have, and then you're sharing it with other people. It was important for you to come back and find people that perhaps were a few, you know, miles behind you that were still in that struggle and you're going back there and then you're helping them through it. Like, Hey, I just did this, right. It's still fresh in your mind. So I imagine that was like a, a great way for you to go back and then help others going through the same thing. Right. Well, yeah. And I also, I think it's a lifelong ongoing process of like knowing yourself. Um, But I think that the idea that you like there's so much magic to be had in life once you let go of an addiction or um, a disorder or whatever it is that you're dealing with, that it was very inspiring to me to work with people. And also, um, you know, I, I eating disorders are not uh, specifically for women, but I, I definitely was trained and treated from a feminist standpoint and sort of understanding that the personal is political and the ways that like bodies are objectified and marginalized and compared to one another and how that relates to our world at large. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm very passionate about that and, you know, liberating people from that and helping them understand that like, there's nothing wrong with them, that there's a wrong, there's something wrong with what's going on outside of them. Mm. um, I think is, um, world it's life-changing and world-changing yeah. and ultimately that's what's what my album is about you know cool. yeah. that that the invisible work that we do the thing mm. you know the stuff that we do behind closed doors to understand ourselves to connect with each other to um to parent our children to care for our elderly parents like you know those moments that are quiet that aren't necessarily paid labor um are actually the most magnificent and life-changing and world-changing mm-hmm. um even though in the way that we talk about work in our world right it doesn't it doesn't really apply yeah um yeah that totally makes sense and it's a, what a great segue to get into you know we'll, <laughs> we'll come full circle we'll come back to the the album itself you know there's so much to talk about with the album mm-hmm. so we have the uh, you know the the whole backstory is like the uh, the uh, you know the, the elements of your life that led you up to this you know the uh, the reps that you got in the 55 songs that you put in mm-hmm. I'm just curious how many of those 55 songs ended up on invisible woman in one form or another whether you 11. modified 11 okay so 11 of the 55 songs made up the album then is that yeah. wow mm-hmm. very cool did mm-hmm. you find uh i'm always just curious by the whole creative process so mm-hmm. if we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into this of course so the 11 songs how much of them were just as is like out of the 55 songs you just literally just re-recorded them and how many of them were modified or like refined or polished up or how what, whatever term you might want to use i so the way that this album sort of like happened to me. Um, I realized at one point, what I did first is I started playing the songs at open mics. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that process would sometimes refine the lyrics or the arrangement. Um, and then I sort of realized gradually that I, and this is not how, um, like, for example, I'm making a second album and this is not the process for the second album. Like okay. this is this, I very much like fell into this first album like it sort of again happened to me um I realized that like over I was writing these songs that that they all that like a lot of them were about how postpartum motherhood identity and the pandemic had impacted me and my concept of myself and my relationships Mm -hmm. and my mental health and that they were sort of like a body a natural body of work so there were other Mm. songs that were complete that i love that just didn't fit into that Mm. um and then i would say that the production process collaborating with a producer is when um the final touches were made but most of the songs on invisible woman now i'm thinking most of the songs on invisible woman like the the original arrangements Wow. Are 
the songs. Very cool, right? So yeah. mm -hmm. again, going back to like that whole just trust your intuition, the first idea is the best idea, you know, potentially or uh just getting keeping out of your own yeah. way. Yeah. And, yeah. With with some, I would say like I think the structure is like, you know, you you learn I, I was again fortunate to have some I had been educated in how to write a song and like what song structure is and you know what the sections are and how they should relate to one another. I've I've gone to writers' weekends, I've mm. sought out education. So that knowledge, like there's the creative process and then there's the sort of like the the container, like the structure. Totally. Um, yeah, exactly. You have yeah. the parameters, you mm -hmm. have like the whole idea of song structure and such. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So how collaborative was the album? So I'm, I, you, if you've picked your 11 songs, mm -hmm. I'm imagining, actually, this will be the first question. I'm imagining, are those 11 songs, is it sort of like themed? Like you pick the 11 that have uh, sort of recurring themes in them. Like you, did you already have the, the, the album name in mind and like what, what kind of message you wanted? Okay. Interesting. Nope. I had a song called Mothers. Okay. And decided I was going to produce it myself. Mm hmm. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that took me a very long time. <laughs> Yeah. And uh and I hired some musicians online on Sound okay. Better. Yeah. Um and then I so I finished that one song and then I was like, I want to do more of these, but this took a very long time. So I'm gonna hire one of these musicians that I worked with to mm. to produce a couple of more songs. Mm -hmm. And then I like it and then as I did like three or four, I was like, Oh, I've like these other songs also relate. It was like very it like it sort of like snowballed, like it sort mm. of grew. It was like a very much a process. Like it wasn't. I did not start with the concept in mind and then build the album. Um, and at that point, that's when I um, was like, I need like a project manager. Like, gotcha. <laughs> and okay. that's how I started working with Joe. With Joe. Um, yeah. Um, and at that point, then I worked with two other producers who each took a chunk of the songs. Um, okay. And did the and did the instrumentals, and then I recorded all of the vocals at home. Um, wow. yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Like the way that this just, I, I admire your ability to just go with things, you know, like it comes Thanks. in, <laughs> that's very much like, you know, it's very much like the, uh, you know, the getting out of your own way and look at what beautiful things happen. There's a degree uh -huh. of like a surrender or some faith, yeah. and faith in your own abilities, but then also faith that somebody else's, the universe is collaborating with you in a sense, right? The right thing happens to you at the right time provided that you're doing the right thing, which, which clearly you have been. So very, very cool. I'm, I'm always, I'm a bit nerdy about like, you know, album production and such. Um, and it's cool. Yeah. So Joe, just a quick, uh, we mentioned him at the beginning for, for folks that don't really know what we're talking about. So Joe has a wonderful, uh, service we'll call it it's, it's called the online recording studio i believe that's the website online recording studio.com super easy mm -hmm. to find joe wadworth wadsworth i love wadsworth thank mm -hmm. you okay uh yeah so very easy a uh, super likable guy i had him on about a year ago and yeah what what wonderful idea he has an execution and just enthusiasm and all that so how did you get hooked up with him as far as like was it uh just a google search engine thing or was it word of mouth How no did you i think they reached out to me on instagram okay and then we ended up i ended up you know i was sort of like hemming and hawing about that, that's totally an expression that my british husband ah. says and right. i don't know how yeah. it just came out of my mouth yeah. but <laughs> i was like um like trying to I didn't know what I was doing I was like trying to figure out where what next step to take and I had just a coaching call with him and I actually just like did some coaching sessions with Joe about mm. he knows a lot about um you know the the online world of music in particular which is 
um, like a, a lot to take in, but also like there's a lot of opportunity as an independent musician that wasn't there 20 years ago when I was first writing songs. So um, he was just giving me advice and then I ended up just, we got along really well. He like got what I was doing um, and uh, I decided to hire him to assign producers to the rest of the album. I really just like, <laughs> I mean, maybe this is like too on the nose, the metaphor, but I felt like this music needed to be out of me. Like, I just like needed to get this out, yeah. like very much like yeah. a labor. Right, um, right, okay. Like, I was just like, I don't want to sit on this. Like, I yeah. this, I just need this out of me. And yeah. like, it will either like eat me alive or it will like be out of me. So, um, yeah, so I was just like, I'm. let's do it. Let's make yeah. it. And we made it very fast. So we made it then like, you know, in, in three or four months. Yeah. Um, Which, I was going to say, do you prefer that pace or, you know, in hindsight, would you take your, like you mentioned, I mean, the cats of the bag, you mentioned you're, you are working on some, yeah. a new project, which we can get yeah. into. Um, are you finding that there's a different pace or do you like that kind of wham, bam pace of like, let's get this done? Like, tell me a bit about that. I do like to work fast, but um, just because I'm a, that's I I am somebody who has a lot of ideas and get really excited about things and and um like go all in for better and for worse. Mm. But um <laughs> but yeah. but um but definitely this second project I'm conceptualizing more from the beginning. Okay. Yep. Um and uh thinking of it more as cohesively as an album sonically like yeah. i'm working closer with my more closely with my producer yeah. to create a sound um rather than just doing sort of um not that it's lesser than but the first album was more just like of a singer as like a singer songwriter mm. um okay. sort of acoustic vibe um and this is definitely more cohesive and sort of uh thought through thought through and uh more instrumentation or is it still have more, a singer songwriter heart you know heart to it it has a, yeah. it has a singer songwriter heart to it yes right. but definitely like a mis a mixture of programming and yeah. live instrumentation instrumentation which there is some of on on invisible, invisible woman yeah um but i was really dan weeks did actually who's my producer on my second project, he did Last Generation on Invisible Woman. Mm. Um, and I was really impressed with his ability to, his sort of um, artistic sense of production and that he was able to create a sonic um, that reinforced the lyric. Ah, got you. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I, you know, for the second project, I really wanted to be pushed. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to do something that I couldn't make on my own. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so that's why I've worked with him to do something a little different, but that will still appeal to my existing listeners. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Just like the next progression, right? Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Super cool. So what were some of your favorite things that, that surprised you? Cause like, I mean, I imagine this being like your first, like that being, we'll go back to invisible woman you know, the first album that came up, um, what elements of that surprised you, whether it was, uh, um, you know, the way it came together, uh, mm -hmm. using, trusting other people to help, you know, share your vision. You mentioned the sonic reinforcement of the album. What were things that you were like, oh, shoot, I didn't even know this was a thing. And now you're just like, okay, this is what we're doing. Do you mean parts of the process? Parts of the process, uh, even the way that the album turned out yeah let's parts of the process um i think definitely like the art of production is something okay. that i that i wasn't because i the work that i've done in the past not that there I, i'm not at all trying to say that there wasn't art to the production but mm. it was definitely like the the recording that i've done in the past was definitely like a live band feel gotcha okay um yep. and that you know like when you're making the idea that you're making a piece of recorded art is a little bit different than like you're recording your live band performance. Certainly. Um, yeah. And so I've, I've just been fascinated by that. Um, That's cool. And that you can still have a live band performance, that those two things can both exist. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, cool. So I imagine this uh, with coming, heading into the second album, you have this whole new 
mindset or mind frame surrounding like just audio production in general and the the way that you can tell a story yes. with yeah with the production as well as your actual story that you're with the lyrics and such yes. too but yeah. also i think knowing um i think something that that i have learned in my life along the way that's very important and it maybe speaks to what you're saying that i'm like able to go with the flow a little mm -hmm. um because i don't think that anyone who met me when i was 18 would think that i was somebody who went with the flow <laughs> gotcha. um yeah. like i was like <laughs> you know, like outlining my biology book on Saturday nights in high okay. school, you know, like okay. with yeah. color-coded highlighters. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, Tremendous. you know, there, this, I've gone through some changes, but yeah. <laughs> um, I think really, really owning and knowing what I'm good at mm. mm -hmm. and really, really owning and knowing what I'm not good at. Okay. Yeah. Um, is one of the the best lessons that I've learned in my life and through healing from yeah. mental illness is um, you know, I have no I have no interest in becoming a pro a producer. Mm, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I am a writer, I'm a songwriter, I'm a singer, I'm a vocalist. That is how I express myself. That is that comes easily to me. Mm. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't take hard work because like being talented, particularly in music is like the bare minimum, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to take that talent and like hone it, right? Mm -hmm. To get anywhere. Um, but I think that in my earlier life, I f thought that working hard meant like learning things that are new and like looking for things that are hard mm. rather yeah. than applying discipline to the things that come naturally to you. Ooh, wow. What a distinction. That's a, that's, brilliant that's a great uh yeah great phrase great uh yeah great thing to say thanks yeah sure gave me goosebumps that's <laughs> what a great honestly what a great uh what a great lesson and you know i think part of what you're saying about getting out of your own way is like is realizing egoically perhaps and i don't want to put your words in your mouth let me this, this is just what i'm thinking of is uh, when you say you realize owning what you're good at and owning what you're not so good at, mm -hmm. where a lot of people have a hard time with that, right? Then that's where <laughs> that trusting comes in, where they're outsourcing and they think they're lesser than, you know, if they're like, if they had some help, like, no, I want to be a producer and I'm, mm -hmm. I am going to learn it. And and then they they miss out on this experience, this beautiful collaborative experience where you can go, you know what, you're, this is, you enjoy doing this. This is like hard work for me. I work hard at this, but I enjoy it. So let's kind of meet in the middle that way. You yeah. Know I mean? And like yeah. you should be doing the things and particularly for women in our particular culture, like you should be doing the things that no one else can do. Right. And that's what, you know, like for me, I think about my days and my energy as like, what are the things that no one else can do? No one else can mother my children. Like no one else, no one can fill that void for them. Mm, yeah. And no one else can write my songs mm. and perform my songs. Like that's, those two things are unique to me. Yeah. Um, And for someone else, it might be no one else can produce a track. That's just not what I, that's not my genius zone. Like it took me six months to produce one track and it's like, you know, yeah, very acoustic and just like, it sounds lovely, but there's nothing exciting going on you know mm -hmm. um yeah. nothing like innovative or revolutionary gotcha. um and so yeah and like if you spend if you spin your wheels looking if i spin my wheels looking at sound waves you know yeah. like i'm I'm taking energy from my kids or my art you know yeah right um or yeah. you know trying to make a spreadsheet right and trying right. to build a financial model Oh yeah, yeah. You want to go back to that, do you? Maybe yeah. that'll be your third album of you about like right. your time, your time and, yeah, I maybe. could do that. It just <laughs> would could. take a lot of energy. Yeah. That for someone who's just like a numbers person. Yeah. It doesn't take that. Right. My, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's a good good uh, good analogy, good comparison. My my husband actually works in finance and he's like oh. a, he's like a human calculator. Like well, there he we can go. like he doesn't have to look at the model. He can like yeah. know where he's like, oh, if you change this number, it should change this. And I, you know, and you're like, cool. He loves that. He there loves it. Yeah. Perfect. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Isn't it ironic or uh, interesting that you, you know, fell in love with and, and married somebody that's a human calculator? <laughs> I feel as if we could psychoanalyze that. Right? But. <laughs> yeah. That would be a whole other part of a podcast. It you would know? be a whole other yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay, a couple other things that jumped out. But he's out at also, me. I feel oh, like I have to say, he's also he's also very musical and creative and he's has got an that amazing whole brain going on. Has yeah, a musical brain. ear. But like, you know, like no one is all one thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Very, very worth uh worth mentioning. I'm sure mm-hmm. he appreciates that that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, especially after being called the human calculator. Yeah. He also, he's also musically inclined. Okay, there we go. I think yeah. he'd be proud that he was called okay. the human calculator. <laughs> right, okay, I could, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, a couple of things, and you you mentioned, it was a very powerful quote that you had, you know, a few minutes ago when you're talking about this album, that being like Invisible mm-hmm. Woman, mm-hmm. was either going to eat me up or mm-hmm. it was going to get out of me. So mm-hmm. that's how important it was. So what was it, what was the feeling like in October when you released this? Like, was there that cathartic feeling? Is there still some residual in there? How, what has it been like since you've released it? It was, I will say, I mean, the actual day that it came out, I just felt like, like this. I, you know, like, I, I just like didn't oh. know what to do with myself. Like, interesting. It, but it's also very interesting, you know, it's sort of anticlimactic to release an album, right? Because right? it's like, okay, it's out. And like, I'm looking at, spotify and like watching people st- you know like it's sort of and it, it, it it's hard to um it's hard to measure whether or not it's successful right away because sure. you know um but i did have an album launch party and a show mm. where my two producers two of the three producers on the album came and performed with me like for all my friends and family and that to me like the day after that show i felt so just proud and like mm. full and yeah. um whole and yeah. like that really stuck with me for yeah. that for a good i don't know day <laughs> and i was like okay was next like, yeah. but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but i but i i was a very it was a yeah. it was a very uh uh what's the word i'm looking for uh poignant feeling like yeah. that's too, that's too negative but it was it was just a very uh it was a significant yeah significant for me yeah. Yeah. I love how you said it was like, yeah. And it was like that for a day. And then yeah, <laughs> I'm like, cause I was going to ask you, like, I'm glad that you were taking that in and embodying that after yeah. all we've talked about. It. You're like, yeah. in about a day I was like, yeah, I'm sure it, some of it in jest, but some of it also, you know, seriously. Well, it like, was confidence building. I was sure, like, I sure. want, I have more to say. Heck yeah. You know? Right. That's like yeah. your moon landing. I'm like, well, I've, I've got the, the album done. So like, what's, you know, what is going to be next? And yeah, absolutely. Confidence. Um, I'm, I'm interested too. I know like for my, you know, uh, different albums that I've released over time, mm-hmm. it's like, as soon as I've gotten that one album energetically out mm-hmm. and it's released, like usually at, with like a ceremonial type thing, like you mentioned the mm-hmm. album release party, it's like instantaneous, my satellites go up and I start like receiving what's next yeah. and all that. It's like this, like, okay, this energy's gone. And now I'm like, uh, it gets makes very room. Den- right. It makes room. It gets very dense towards the end. And it's just like, Oh, and then you get it out. And then all of a sudden it's like this, like freedom and lightness to it. So is that, was that, um, you know, a similar experience or how would you describe your energetic experience? I think that's pretty accurate. What you said. I, I mean, to, so logistic, like concretely speaking, I went right into like my brother's wedding and mm. then, um, and then a week of work on oh. my second album oh so, wow okay yeah so which yeah, yeah. i had already written so oh, um okay so yeah so wow. i was def- i was definitely like hungry gotcha i, I was like chomping at the bit yeah you were ready more. to go yeah. and part of part of that was because um it it took a while because of you know i had been it what i i couldn't I, when when i first had these ideas i couldn't put them out because it was I was had very young children I was still recovering from birth you know like I wanted I I was like ready for those to be out and like to say the next thing I think that's part I don't I don't think that I'll feel exactly that 
hungry for the next one after after this project is out um because it did yeah. it did feel like that was the culmination of me getting through something hard yeah. um Heck yeah. but yeah but i was also just like really excited to do yeah that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Lots of, yeah, there's some layers There's some like energy interplay in there for sure. Uh, are you finding that some of the themes from invisible woman are, is there like a through line into this next album that you're working with? I think of this next album as like the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. um, like what is, I really wanted to think about, you know, an invisible woman was self-indulgent in, in not in a bad way, but like in, in the themes, because it was truly confessional like it was a, mm. like, this is how this time affected my sense of self and um my marriage and like uh my ability to like tolerate the unknown in life mm. and um i i wanted this next one to be to pull more from my professional experience and be like, okay, when you go through a hard time like this and you heal from it, what's the payoff? Mm. So, like, so it's, what do you get? Yeah. So it very much feels like it's, you know, like a one, two, like, or it's a, uh, yeah, like a second part or like the epilogue or like the, uh, um, or, or summarization like, a, like or, the flip side, like the, the flip, flip side, like, of the, it. like the darkness before it's the dawn yeah. after the darkness yeah. kind of thing. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the freedom that one feels when you yeah. do the hard work on yourself. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because we all experience hard things, but we don't all, we don't have to do the invisible work. We can yeah. just drink or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, control our food in our bodies or yeah. mm -hmm. whatever it is that we do. Yeah. Wow. Some very important, you know, heavy duty messaging and, um, yeah, I love it. I, I I definitely admire that about you. Just uh, being able to, yeah. So like like you're saying, invisible woman, very much. I like the, like the quote. This is paraphrasing you, but indulgent in a confessional way, like really yes. getting into the darkness. And you know what? Like especially in an empathetic um, experience that music is, mm -hmm. that darkness. That's why blues can be super uplifting, right? It's like mm -hmm. some of the saddest thing you, that I've heard. But yet I'm like, man somebody feels like me or somebody gets me. Right. So I yeah. can imagine that would be so powerful for ladies out there and even men that are like married to ladies that are going through this, the postpartum depression, whatever it may be. Right. Uh, how the, like that's so accepting for them. And then for you to then put, like you mentioned, put your um, more clinical hat on and be mm -hmm. able to like have this objective view of like, this is you on the other side of it. Pretty, I mean, take out the pretty, very important topics and a beautiful story that you're telling between the two albums. So thank you. very, very cool work that you're doing. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, I might just jump around with a couple of few questions as we wind oh, things please. down here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned, uh, I, I was fascinated by this idea too, like when you were starting out the, uh, or like the trial runs of the songs, essentially mm -hmm. for Invisible Woman, doing an open mic nights. Mm -hmm. incredibly brave that's like uh you know i liken that to like a comedian going and doing an open mic night yeah. like you don't really know how you're going to be responded nobody necessarily knows who you are uh very brave but also there's a blanket of anonymity when you go up there too because totally. nobody knows who you are so yeah how was that experience for you how long were you doing the open mics and was it external as far as like oh i need to change that or was it just your experience your personal experience going mm, i can tweak that a little bit or a bit of both i asked you a bunch of questions there i'm sorry no no cool it's cool i i didn't get a lot of objective feedback necessarily like this lyric needs to change from people listening it was more like feeling it out okay. and like feeling whether or not the song landed um the way that i wanted it to when i played okay. it um and you know i feel like sometimes you just can't know that until you play it a bunch of times um, and I think for me, it was so fun. And I, I, I am one of those, I'm a very introverted person. Um, and I feel very alive on stage. Like I am just very comfortable doing that, which I think is weird, but it, uh, it's true. Like, I'm just <laughs> like more comfortable doing that than I am like at a cocktail party. Like interesting to talk to yeah. do like small talk like yeah i'm not yeah, okay. good at small talk so so yeah. so for me i was like why have i not been doing this like every mm. week of my life like what have i been doing with myself mm. um yeah so yeah yeah 
So cool. So I relate to you on that. Like I get, I get much more nervous because like when I've had to do like public speaking, I go red, I'm having a hard time making eye contact or establishing eye contact. But when I'm on stage, there's this, I don't know what it is. There's like this performance or yeah, you're I don't just know. Like in your, right. You're, I think you're more in your body. Like you're, yeah. yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a good observation. Actually. Mm -hmm. I've never thought of it like that. So, but I, I totally get you. There's like this whole other, whatever. I don't want to say persona because it's still me, but yeah, perhaps it's more my body instead of like, uh Oh, what are these people thinking of me? Like, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, like our famous artists talk about that that you have yeah. like, a stage persona, like Sasha Fierce and Sasha Fierce, yeah, Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust, Stardust, and... like Pete Townsend. Uh, didn't have an alias, but he said he completely changed. I think mm -hmm. that you know, yeah, absolutely, super cool. Uh, you don't have an alias, do you? I don't. Okay, Although I've given that <laughs> yeah. a lot of thought. You're like not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have that could given be that the... a lot of thought. Yeah, I'm like, interesting. Maybe I need an alias, but yeah. not yet. Hasn't not come yet. To me. Not yet. Very cool. And doesn't Garth Brooks have an alias too? That, like that vaguely whole... vaguely rings a bell that there's like a 90s. movie about it or yeah, something. I think, yeah, I think you're right. But I yeah. don't, I don't remember. I, I think he actually rebranded himself. I think he like really? fully. I think you're right, back. actually. Yeah. I don't, I, right. I don't, partial knowledge. Partial right, knowledge, right, right. Yeah. It rings a bell. Anybody that's Garth Brooks fans right now is just yelling at, yelling at us. <laughs> Either way, uh, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed this talk and, you know, all the Likewise. best of luck to you as far as just like, I, yeah, I'm definitely going to, you, you got a new fan in me for sure. Oh, thank you. I'll be definitely following you. And I, I really admire the work that you're doing. I uh, had a great conversation with you today. Where can folks find you online if they want to reach out to you, follow you, uh, listen to your music? Sure. Um, so I am on, I post on Instagram every day. So that's the place to get updates on shows and what I'm, you know, new work that's coming out. Lauren Manier Music is my handle. Um, that's my handle on all of socials as well. I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm attempting TikTok, but I haven't figured it out yet. Um, YouTube, you can find me. My website is laurenmanieremusic.com and uh, Invisible Woman is out on all streaming platforms. So you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you stream your music. Brilliant. That was going to be my final question. I, I'm sure you noticed at the beginning, I didn't use your last name just in case I uh, mispronounced it. So I'm really oh, glad yeah. that you <laughs> in full disclosure, you know, as a, so Manier. 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 Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. So Lauren Manier, Invisible yes. Woman, check it out. We'll have all her links in the show notes. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, today, and I know that you're uh, right in the middle of, you know, uh, working on potentially on the second album, not to give no, too much information. Yeah, right. Top secret <laughs> stuff. Don't want to jinx it. Like I say, may or may not be working on it. Well, uh, so that's that's super cool. Um, and yeah, just I always like to just put, quite frankly, put my guests on the spot. If there's one little piece of advice or a quote or anything that you'd like to say, just to wrap things up here today, the floor is yours. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. I've recently been saying to people that if there's one thing that I could tell my younger self, it's that nobody knows what they're doing. So you, like people are making up things as they go along. So that means that you get to make things up too, right? Like everybody's Every fact we've learned, every idea that is well-known was somebody's idea that they thought of, right? Ooh, I love it. Okay. That is a perfect place to put the pin in this. Lauren, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Matt. Take care. Thanks.